Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. To have everyone here, I will try not to be real long for multiple reasons. Is um, I done spoke once today, and I'm gonna do it again after this a little bit later. But I really felt like the Lord directed me in a path earlier this week for today. And I'll be honest, I tried to. Um, I try to get out of me doing this service anymore quite often. It just makes it, well, it gives the others a chance to be up here and it don't wear on me as much, but, but I really felt the need today to talk on this particular subject today. And I don't think it's by no accident, considering the those that we have here today and, and I'm thankful for it. One verse of scripture found in the book of Matthew chapter 5 today. Verse 6. One verse of scripture. If you could stand with me for the reading of the word. Everybody that's able, stand up. Everyone, young and old alike. Young people back in the back. Y'all not listening. Tristan. Come on, guys. I want everybody to stand up just for one reading of the Word. We honor the Word of God in the reading. One verse. That's all I have today. I appreciate you standing. We're going to read this one verse, and we're going to pray. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I'm going to read that again. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Lord, I ask you to touch everybody here today. Touch each and every life, each and every heart. I pray that you touch every soul today, God. You are infinite. You see beyond what we see. And you've seen us standing here today. And you've seen, Lord Jesus, what I needed to say. And I'm asking that you would help us, God. Help me be able to say what you want me to say. And your will will be accomplished exactly like you want. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. Has anybody ever really, truly been hungry? I would be the first to tell you today that I have, you probably can look at me and tell that I've not been hungry too many days in my life. I've never been hungry by, not by my choice. I have fasted long days, long weeks. I went on some long fast, so I know what it feels like to be hungry, but it was only by my choice, by abstaining from food for the purpose of drawing closer to God. After, I can tell you that after four or five days of not eating, you will really know what hunger really feels like. And I hope none of you has experienced that, um, unless it was your own choice to fast. But my guess is there's a good chance that someone in here has went multiple days without really eating like you would really like to eat. Hunger, it's something nobody really wants to be. We eat for all kinds of different reasons. Some of us eat for comfort. Some of us eat for pleasure and sometimes for both. Sometimes we, um, we eat just to be eaten. And... We have a lot of habit hunger, those in America especially. Um, but hunger is something that I hope none of us has, again, experienced, but except by your own choice. But unfortunately, I know that's not the case in so many ways. Hunger is defined as an unpleasant and painful sensation caused by the body's need for food. Again, I've never experienced that except for going multiple days 
of fasting. And I know that after the fourth or fifth day, you really feel the hunger pains in your body. How many people are starving in this world? The Food and Agriculture Organization of the United States or United Nations estimates that 795 million people lack necessary food to live a healthy lifestyle. That's more than one-tenth of the world's population. And how many would you think die of hunger every day? The FAO estimates that many as 25,000 people die every day as a result of hunger. That adds up to roughly 9.1 million people who die of starvation every year. To put that in contrast, every 29 seconds somebody dies hungry. Not dies hungry, but dies because of a lack of food. That is an absolute staggering statistic for us in America. Because generally, most of us, I've seen it multiple times and so have you. If you're really, truly hungry, you can get on social media and say, hey, I'm hungry. Bethany done that just a few weeks ago when she, we had our free store. Somebody contacted her and told her, I am hungry. Do you have anything? And Bethany took a few things and went and bought a few things and delivered them to a lady in Providence, Kentucky that she had never known. And didn't spend much money, but that lady messenger just a few minutes later after she left and said, a peanut butter sandwich has never tasted so good to me in my life. And I hope that none of you deal with that. And we have a way to somewhat measure those who are hungry and those who do not have enough to eat. And that's why we do our best to make sure that we have food at our church nearly every service that we have. Because I know some come, whether they just uh, don't have enough to eat or they don't eat as much as they like, we want to make sure that they have food to eat and we will always endeavor to do that. But, Brother Dave, if there was a way, any way, that we could measure the spiritual hunger of our world, my guess is the numbers would most likely totally and completely astonish us. We can't, in America, fathom the fact of somebody really, truly, in our area, going without food. Maybe in some big cities, in inner cities, it might be uh, a little easier to to see that but by and large America is a very very wealthy nation and even the poorest of those that may be in this building today you have more than many people in other countries and they don't have uh, when they, if they can get a bowl of rice every few days they're extremely extremely thankful and we think if we don't have a meal um, you know uh, a fine meal you know I uh, you know, I, I got to have some meat with every meal, you know. <laughs> but if we could actually figure the statistics of people that's dying spiritually hunger, Sister Penny, it would probably stagger us. Amos, the prophet said in Amos 8, 11 through 13, he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from north even to the east, and they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. In that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. We are living in a spiritual famine. Amen. And it's not because there's a lack of the word of God that's out there, because it's there. Never has there been a time, Sister Valma, that we have more availability to preaching than any other time. Never is there a time that we've had more availability to uh, being able to listen to the Word of God or read articles about the Word of God than the time that we live in right now. But people are very hungry. But they don't know even what they are hungry for. I believe that with all my heart. <laughs> they don't even know what they're hungry for. They try. 
to feed their hungry, their hunger with things of this world. I come on a mission today. I know we have a lot of young people here today, and I'm thankful for that. And I hope that some of you, a part of you will hear me today as I speak to you. Because I know that you're hungry. I'm going to be real today. I know that you're hungry, whether you're young or you're old. Or you would not be in this building today. Some of you may have come for the chicken nuggets downstairs or the Reese's cups that you're going to take home in your, in your cup that you may have. Some of you may have come and, and to run across the road and, and, and play in the street in the, in the creek across the road, but I, I know you're hungry for something. Some of us adults here today, we came for whatever reason. I, I, I don't know exactly, but I know that you're here today. You're not here just because, just because that's what you feel like you gotta do. Maybe it is, but somewhere down on the inside of every one of us, there's a hunger that wants something more than what you got, or you would not be here today. And people are hungry. And that's why they're looking for another relationship. That's why. I'm just going to be plain. I hope it don't make nobody mad or I hope it doesn't uh, run anybody off. But somebody's got to do it and it might as well be me today. And I know that's why uh, people are leaving their own gender and going for another gender. And that's why people are going from one relationship to the next relationship. And I know that's why young people uh, are, are, are seeking out other young people and having sexual relations before they're ever married and I, and I know that's why people are, are getting so wrapped up in gaming systems and, and social media games and, and all the other games they're hungry because there's something on the inside of them that's missing there's something on the inside of them that they won't fill up and we gotta understand that there's an empty place in us that only can be filled with God and you cannot feed a spiritual hunger with something that comes from this world temporary things will not quit the eternal hunger that God has put inside of us. Amen. we got to understand that God has sent a divine hunger into our world. A hunger for truth. People are tired of lies. Young people are tired of their mamas and daddies saying they'll be there for them and they're not there for them. Spouses are tired of their other spouse saying I'm, we're going to have a better marriage yet their marriage only becomes worse. Hallelujah. People are tired, hallelujah, of the conflict that's going on in the world. They're tired of lies. They're looking for something that's real. They're looking for the real thing. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. I know they're not looking for uh, just a church, but they're looking, hallelujah, they're looking for a church that's just talking about God. They're looking for God Himself. And we need to get hungry, hallelujah, for more in our life. And Sister Penny, I come just to talk for just a little bit today. I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more. Hear me. I'm so hungry for more. I come today to get in your face. I come to make you uncomfortable. I come to get down here and tell you today, young people, that I'm not satisfied with just what a phone can get me. But I need something more. I need something, hallelujah, that when I leave this earth, it's going to give me eternal security. Eternal security, praise God. And that only comes by living for God. That only comes by prayer and sanctification in our lives. That only comes by having a relationship with God. We need to be so hungry that God will show up in our lives. We need to be so hungry that God will show up in your life. Because when He does, this world can find what they're looking for. Parents, if you have kids in here today, you need to be hungry so your kids know what real hunger looks like. Young people that's in school, you need to be hungry because your people that you go to school with, they need to know what God looks like and experience God. Hallelujah. If you have a neighbor that lives beside of you that don't go to the house of God, you need to be hungry so they'll know what real hunger is all about. They need to see you every Sunday get in your vehicle and go to the house of God. They need to hear you through your bedroom window crying out to God, seeking Him. They need to see you sitting on your front porch or your back 
porch, hallelujah, reading your Bible or listening to the Word of God or listening to preaching or listening to gospel music. They need to see something inside of you. Yeah, we can hear the cussing and the screaming from the neighbor's house, but they need to hear the prayer from the saint of God. They need to hear, praise God, gospel music going. They need to have you knocking on their door and saying, hey, I prayed for you today. I know you can call me crazy. You can call me weird. You can call me all them words you want to call. But Sister Penny, I'm tired of dead, dry, boring church. Yeah. Taylor came up to me a while ago and it tore my heart out. And I didn't know if she meant it this way, but I took it this way. She said, we've not, church ain't been like this in a while. Back here praying for Lisa and the kids here. Kids run across the road. I'm not bothered by that. Church hasn't been like this in a while. Shouldn't be that way. The church has got to become hungrier than we are right now. I pray today that Harvest House would get a hunger for real revival. We don't, need to, we don't need to slip into that complacent state in which we are satisfied just to get our appetite just fixed just a little bit. I don't want to just get... I don't want to come to the house of God. and We're going to have chicken nuggets. We're going to have pizza rolls. Next Sunday, we're going to have pizza. Sunday after that, we're going to have Easter, so we're going to have candy eggs, and we're going to have, we're going to have a full-blown meal of some sort down, and we're going to eat, and it's going to be good. But we can't just let that be what we're looking for to satisfy our spirit. We've got to have more than that. There's got to be something on the inside of me that says, I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more of God. I'm hungry for more, hallelujah, apostolic church. I'm hungry for more times that, that, that's, that, that we have people say, you know what, it ain't been like this in a while. I don't, we don't need that. We need to have church where people are running the aisles worshiping, falling on their knees and it's been too long since somebody been baptized. It's been too long since somebody just went to the altar and was repented. Yes. I ask you this question today. When's the last time you have seen somebody who's never went to these altars and repented in this church? When's the last time you saw it? Off night, went in church. Just baptized her two years ago. Just seen this last week on Facebook memories. And the last time somebody was baptized was then. It's been, it's been nearly two years since anybody received. It's been over two years since anybody received the Holy Ghost in this church. And that last person was Cheyenne Driver in January 2020. Are you mad, preacher? I'm mad at hell. I'm at the devil. I'm not mad at anybody in this place today. So don't displace what you feel, what you may feel for me today. But I want more. I'm hungry for more. Oh, I know. I hear the questions. I know. Pastor, why have you been going to Sturgis at that place when our church ain't built up yet? Because I'm hungry for more. Amen. You don't even know where I'm at right now. I'm contemplating selling everything I've got. And just forgetting it all. And just saying, pour myself in the gospel. Because Jesus is coming back. Amen. That's where I am right now. I'm 51 years old. I'm too old to, to worry about all this stuff in this world. I, I, I want to fish. I want to hunt. I want to do all that stuff. I want to enjoy all that. But I want to see people saved. I want this young lady, this beautiful. I'm stepping on your exam. I'm going to bash you. I don't care. Come I want this beautiful young lady. She loves coming to church and I'm thankful for it. But the older she gets, I want her to know that there's a place that prays for her and her pastor prays for her every day. And I love you, Myra. I'm glad you're in the house of God. But I don't want you just to come for a chicken nugget. I don't want you just to come for a candy. I want you to come to get a hold of God. That someday you'll be serving chicken nuggets. And one day you'll be teaching Sunday school. And one day you'll drive the bus like Sister Lisa is. Amen. Amen. You too, Tristan. I come to make you feel uncomfortable today. Y'all make me feel uncomfortable all the time. It's time for y'all to feel uncomfortable. 
Because when you can walk back out this church door the same way you came in and some of those is lost and undone without God, I'm uncomfortable with that. Amen. I'm hungry for more. I want to tell you right now, that young lady and that young man that sits on them drums are two of the most phenomenal musicians and singers that's around here. I don't want them up here just playing music and everybody else just uh, sitting and having a good carnal time. They, you know what they deserve? They need a rocking church that'll sing with them and worship God when they embrace that piano and they embrace that drum. That they're just not beating there, entertaining you, but they're here to worship God. They need a church that wants more than just being entertained. Two young men are two of the most phenomenal preachers in this area. Amen. I'll argue that with you, with anybody. And when they embrace this pulpit, they preach sermons that would preach the house down in big, huge apostolic churches. And I've watched people walk out these doors not even affected by it. Amen. Are you on a tyrant today? No. I'm hungry for more, Sister Penny. Amen. I want more. I believe there's more in everybody here today. Amen. There's more in every individual. Everybody sitting in this place. I don't care what life has told you. I don't care what somebody else has told you. You are absolutely incredible. And God has great plans for you. God has designed, hallelujah, great things for your life. Hallelujah. And I'm coming to tell you today, I want more for you, praise God. I want more for you, young person, than a backseat to lose your virginity. I want more for you, hallelujah. For all I see some mouths open. You hear more than that in chat rooms that you're on. Hallelujah. I want more for you than a needle stuck in your arm and to get you high and make you lose, lose, lose your life. I want more for you and there is more for you. I want more from you than a relationship that's not ordained by God. I want more from you, hallelujah. Oh, come on, than, than being strung out somewhere. Oh, come on, some of you don't even know where you're at. Oh, just saying my life's not worth it. I want more for you. But you've got to want that more. You've got to be hungry for more. You've got to be hungry for more of God. I'm talking about a hunger that drives us to realize that we are responsible not only for ourselves, but there is a world that's dying, a spiritual, spiritual starvation, and needs us to have real revival. 120 people die every minute. That is, in the time I've took to tell you that, Dozens have died. Every second, two people die. Every second, two people die. In the United States alone, every minute, five people die. So in that long, awkward space I just gave you, somebody died. And here's the sobering fact. The chances of that person who just died being saved and making eternity to their home is not very good. There's more people dying lost than they are being saved. Amen. And the sobering fact today is this. If you and I don't get hungry and develop a hunger for somebody else to come in and want what we got, they're going to go to somebody else that, looks, that, that, that uh, is making them hungry. And they're going to reach for what they got. Hear me today. We cannot be content with having a service in which God did not move in, a, in, a, in an incredible way. I want to say that again because somebody didn't hear it. We cannot be content with having a service where something great did not happen. Someone must take it upon themselves to seek God until it happens in their life. Someone has got to feed the lost souls of this world. We can't, hallelujah, feed them. Only God can feed them. But God in us can help feed them. There needs to be something on the inside of us. God wants to use us to invite somebody to the house of God. God wants to use us to teach somebody else a Bible study. Somebody says, I don't, I don't know about the Word of God. I don't know. I can't teach a Bible study. Let me tell you something. Let me give you a revelation. If you have repented of your sins, 
That's good enough. If you have repented of your sins, you have enough knowledge that you realize that you was lost and you need to be saved. You know enough to teach somebody else a Bible study that don't know Jesus. You don't got to have some theological uh, uh, degree to, to make you a Bible t- uh, teacher. You, oh, you just be saved and tell somebody else about your experience. And you're teaching somebody a Bible study and you lead them to the gospel. You lead them to the truth. That's all you need. And that's what God wants you to do. Praise God. You know what? You can pray for somebody. You can pray them through the altar. And God wants to use Harvest House to reset us back to what He uh, originally called us to be in this place. And that's to feed this world the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need the hunger of God, the hunger of the Holy Ghost to consume us like it never has. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 17, 15, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. The psalmist said, look, the only way I'm going to be satisfied is when I'm like Jesus. I don't know who the cool people is, so I can't even, I can't even name all this stuff right now. I, you know, I, you want to be cool like this one or cool like that one or whoever your movie star or your sports fan, I don't even know. All right? But I want to be like Jesus. Amen. I want to be cool like Jesus. He's cool. Somebody says he's not cool. Yeah, he's cool. Because he's the only one that's going to get you out of this world saved. Amen. The only one. But that's going to cause me to change some things in my life. I'd rather change things now and be saved and not change something and be lost. I'm hungry for more. I, I know this is a funny picture up here, Dakin's got for us, but it's, we, we need that kind of hunger again. Amen. How many remember your kid's first birthday? Or, but, or you remember, you know, Corbin, I remember he shoved his, he, he had cake all over him. How many times have you seen a kid do that right there? We need to go back to that, that state when God saved us for the first time and we, we was hungry for everything. Amen. Sister Lisa, I was, we was back there praying for you and I was thinking about Brother Donnie. Thinking about how you, how you looked up to Brother Donnie. How, how he, he was like a mentor to you. And, and, and I, Brother David and Brother Donnie looked up to you as a mentor. I, th- I think about that, but I remember Brother Donnie when he first got in this. He drove me crazy. Okay? I loved the man. I loved him so dearly. He was, he was one of the best friends in this world when he left here for me. Every day, calling and texting me. And I was okay with it. Because it told me one thing. I'm hungry. But David, I remember that day you texted or called me, which I think it was texting. You was reading something in the book of, uh, uh, in one of the, uh, I think it was Samuel. He said, is Emrods mean what I think it does? <laughs> if you don't know what Emrods is, you need to look for it in the Bible. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and that hunger at this place. Display of hunger. If we could go back to that infant stage when we was just hungry, we want, we want mama, daddy's attention. We want listen, Jesus is coming back. And I, was, I stepped up here and I was fixing. I was about to go in tears and weep. And my Cheryl come and said, hey, let's go pray for Lisa. Thank you, Sister Lisa, getting some of these kids on the bus. I've been, I, I've been trying my best to get people to come. But, you know, see, look, there's something I can't do. I couldn't get all these other kids here. And, but she's not the only one. There's some mothers here. And just getting them here is not, just getting him, them here is not enough. They need, they need love from us. And then we need, a, we need their mamas and daddies to come to the house of God. Then we need their brothers and sisters to come to the house of God. We need, we need to get something on the inside of us. I, I I'm only going to be satisfied when I have God's righteousness. And, I, and that's what God is looking for. I, I don't want to be satisfied until there's a real move of God in my life. Until there's a real move of God in our church. I think we've settled in this place where we're okay with the numbers that we have come to the house of God. We're alright with mediocre numbers and, and nobody praying on the altar except at the end of a service and, and nobody really getting down there and repenting of their sins and, and nobody being baptized and nobody being filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't want to be satisfied until Harvest House is hungry for revival and we're having real revival like we've never seen. Hunger! Here's the thing. Hunger is the only thing 
that can predetermine how much of God you will receive. It's not great preaching. It's not great programs that bring revival to a city. It's the amount of how much empty God can find inside of somebody's life. Hear me. It's when we realize there's something down on inside of us that we need God that keeps us motivating and seeking God. The psalmist said in Psalms 42, 1 and 2, he said, in the New Living Translation, he says, As a deer pants for the streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God, when I can come and stand before him. Come on, when's the last time you emptied yourself of all your worries and cares of this life? And you got to a place and you said, God, I need you to feel me today. I knelt and prayed today. I prayed and was seeking the Lord. And I said, God, I need, I, need a, I need something I ain't felt in a while. And just as easy as I said it, I just simply felt, then get a little more empty than you've been. You know why some are not hungry for God? Because we're full of other things. In the book of 2 Kings, chapter 4, I think. 2 Kings, chapter 4. This study, there's a, there's a story of this lady. Her, her husband had died. Sister Michelle, her husband had died. Creditors were fixing to come take her sons. And she went to the prophet Elisha and said, Look, my husband was in your school of prophecy and he's dead. But now then the creditors are fixing to come take my sons. They're going to take them as servants. And the prophet's like, well, what do you got at your house? She said, I've still got some, a little bit of oil at my house. Oil represents the anointing, okay? If you have any little bit of God in your house, you've got more than enough, okay? Amen. Amen. Here, here's, here's the thing. In her house wasn't enough to contain the revival that God wanted to do in her home. Amen. So the prophet said, okay, that's good. You basically, you're telling me you've got, you've got a little bit of anointing in your life. So what you need to pay off everything you need is you need some emptiness in your life. Yes, amen. He says, so I want you to go to every neighbor that you can find, and I want you to go borrow every vessel that you can find that's empty, and I want you to bring it back. A vessel's a container. Somebody, I'm sorry. It's just a container. Find every container you can that's empty. And then I want you to take the oil that you have in your house, and though it may seem like it's not enough to pay your bills now, if you'll go find every empty vessel on every street you can in Marion, and you can bring them into this place, people that's desolate, people that's hungry for something, and I'm glad you're here today. You're hungry for something. You may not realize you are. And whether you're young or old here today, you're hungry for something. Amen. And the only thing we need to do to get you filled up with God is to get you empty first. And that's why we have an altar. <laughs> Altars is made to empty ourselves out. He said, you go get every empty vessel you can and bring it in here. You take what oil you got and begin to pour it in. It may not seem like it's enough to do what you need to do, but you have enough if you start pouring it into empty vessels. Amen. Amen. Church, we have been through a lot in 16 years. We, we may seem like we're in a low spot compared to what we were 8, 9, 10 years ago. But we still got the anointing here. We still got oil in this house. We still got enough that all we need is empty vessels. And Sister Penny, if we can get empty vessels in this place, that is the only thing that predetermines how much God will fill something up. If we have empty vessels and we begin to pour into that empty spots in their life, God will fill them up. That's all we need. And the amount of our emptiness determines the amount of how much God will fill us up. Yes, amen. He won't put nothing in you if you're not empty. So you've got to get empty of yourself. I'm going to tell you now. There's some people in this church, you're too full of yourself. Amen. 
too full of yourself. In this self-centered generation, we're too full of ourselves. There's only one way to get rid of that. We go to an altar. That's where we empty ourselves. How do we do that? By repenting. You let go of all your sins. You get rid of all your sins. Brooklyn's going to run the media. If you're sitting here today, and maybe you feel the trickle of the Holy Ghost, the trickle of God, let's put it that way, trickle of God in your life, and you're wondering, well, preacher, how come I don't feel like I'm getting filled up with it? I, I know the answer today. It's very simple. You're not empty. You're not empty. biggest problem. I talked about it. I talked about it in our adult life class. The problem is, our biggest problem is our diet. The reason we're not too, the reason we're not empty enough is there's too much, too much Facebook, there's too much gaming, there's too much grumbling, there's too much complaining, there's, there's too much of young people that's exploring relationships you need to get out of and leave alone. There's too, much, uh, uh, there's too much bitterness. There's too much unforgiveness. All this stuff fills up the empty places in your life. But the problem is, Sister Penny, those, place, those things do not satisfy you. Young lady, young man, you don't need another guy right now in your life. Well, you can say what you want, but I don't think you need to be in any kind of serious relationship after you're... Probably 17, 18 years old. Yeah, really don't need to be until after you get Jesus. Because here's the thing. If you get Jesus in your life, there may not be room for that guy or that boy in your life. And you'll realize, I don't need them because they can't fit in here with Jesus. Come on. Because if that, if that relationship don't fit, it don't need to go. Hmm. We stuff ourselves on spiritual junk food looking for a quick and easy way to experience God. It don't work that way. God is not under any obligation to feed those who just want to come and casually eat in the house of God. He's not under any obligation for that. God's looking for really hungry people. Hungry people who are desperate people. Thank God for good preaching. But I'm going to tell you right now, if sermons were going to save this city, it'd been saved a long time ago. There's some of the most phenomenal sermons I've ever heard in my life has come from this pulpit, and I'm not talking about from me. If that was going to save this city, it would be saved. Hunger will take us to places in God that nothing else can. That widow's problem, it wasn't how much oil she had. It was how much emptiness she could collect. Amen, amen, amen. Come on. You, may, you, may tell you, you want me to tell you the greatest enemy of the church is? It's called satisfaction. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied with... I'm satisfied with good enough. There's a book called... Good to great. And in there it says this. The enemy of great is good. And God wants us to be great. I, I'm going to bring this to a close today. Our spiritual hunger is what should keep us in pursuit of God. I'm hungry for more of God. But there's only one way that it will come. Today, it's without a doubt in my mind that every, I, I've watched... I've watched many of your eyes today as you've connected with me. 
You've been distracted some by those beside you. I've watched the tears in some of your eyes at moments as I've talked. I've watched, I've watched the longing in your eyes and some of you today as I've talked. And the greatest enemy to that today is satisfaction. Sounds good right now, but when I walk out of here, I'm going to tell you how we're going to have that great revival that God wants. John the Baptist makes this statement in John 3.30. He said, He, speaking of Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. John the Baptist was the forerunner to getting Jesus here, but Jesus was the fulfillment. And John the Baptist realized, I was here for a reason. I was here to set the stage for Jesus. So listen to me. Some of you that came today, I'll just, I'll, I'll use Sister Penny. Sister Michelle is a good example. Somebody else brought y'all, but they're not here no That was your John the Baptist. Who was he got you here? Heaven, John. But John's not with us no more. He was the forerunner. He's what got you here. But now then it has to be about Jesus. What got you here? You know what, you know what gets most people to church? You know what really gets most people to an altar repentance? It's tragedy. Something that wants more. And sometimes there are days that has to go. What's that? How's that translate to us? I must decrease. What I want has to go away. I came for John. I came for whoever brought me. I came because I was going through a struggle. I came because I was going through a divorce. I came because I was desperate to need healing. That stuff has to decrease. That has to not be the reason why you're here. And then it has to turn into some point that you're here because you love Jesus. And you want more of Jesus. And you want, you want Jesus to be the number one reason in your life. That's when hunger is fulfilled. That, if that was the vehicle that got you to church. Sometimes they got me Sometimes. I'll tell you about how how works. I'll be done. Matthew 13, 45 and 46 says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like in a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. When he found that one pearl, a great price, he went and sold all that he had. Adults, young people, there's a pearl of great possibility. It's not that relationship. It's Jesus. He's worth selling everything out. It's worth losing all your friends at school because of getting rid of your friends. It's, it's worth getting rid of every drug. It's worth getting rid of all this stuff. There's a pearl of great price in Jesus today. And somebody needs to be hungry. You know, here's the scary part. I, I didn't come with any intentions to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it for a second. Do we know there is a real heaven? There's a real heaven. And there's a real heaven. And if you die, you're going to one or the other. There's no purgatory. You either go to heaven I shouldn't lie and I'm lying you better tell me 
If you lie, you're going to hell because that's what this Bible says. If it tells me I shouldn't be having sex outside of marriage, then you better tell me that. And it does say that. If you're having sexual relations outside of marriage, you're going to hell. today, how he has to learn not to go up here. He, he's, he catching on, he realized, I can't go up here. So he can't feel what we're doing. going to work out. I believe the Lord's going to work it out, but that church is paid for.
what you don't want. It's what you need, but you don't want. You don't want me to be that. Lay everything in. Because I will be your worst. I will be your worst. Not in a bad way. in ourselves. This whole theme this year, put it up there, Jacob. This whole theme of this year is just simply this. You know what that button is, don't we? Anybody know what this button is? If you haven't realized what this really is, that's a power button. What do you do when that, that phone or that computer gets messed up? You know what you do? You push that button and you hold it. It's called a hard reset. Sometimes the only way you can ever get your phone or your computer to work right you got to push it and make it hard reset. And when it comes back up, majority of the times it'll come back up and it'll operate the way it was created to operate. And this is what God's calling on us to do is to do a hard reset on this church. And the way it's going to come is we go back to what God has called us to be originally. And that's to be hungry for Him. Hungry for more of God. Hungry for the things of God. Hallelujah. I want to see more. Hallelujah. I want more of God. Some young person here today, you may, you, you may have a hard family life. You may not know who your mom and dad is. You, you, your mom and dad, you may feel like don't care for you. Maybe you're an adult and you feel like your spouse is just so out of touch and you feel like you don't know what to do. But I'm telling you today, come to this altar and just empty yourself and say, Jesus. Empty, empty all your cares, empty all your worries, empty all your, all your, all your hopes and dreams on this altar. Say, Jesus, 